on Welcome Falta. Uh, so Camilla asked me to introduce Lara and Carmen, and it's great to have you here. Uh, it's great to be back in in flesh as well because we're all zoomed out. You're both you're from the University of Southern Denmark uh, and from the University of Lapland. So we, a number of us have an interest in affectivity and ethnography and I haven't heard of post-qualitative research yet but uh, I'm looking forward to understanding exactly what that means. So I'll hand it over to you straight away. Thank you for this introduction and thank you for having us here. Uh, it's uh, really a pleasure. I'm Laura uh, Parolin and I work at the University of South Denmark and I'm here uh, as a visiting scholar with the Casper Foundation grant and I'm here with Carmen Carmen Pellegrinelli from Lapland University, that uh, she finishes her PhD in, <laughs> in uh, organizational creativity. So we will probably heard from organizational creativity soon, but we are not here to talk about organizational creativity, as you know, as you can see, but uh, to talk about uh, how to uh, investigate uh, uh, using uh, theater, using a theater workshop uh, um, on uh, uh, work practice during the pandemic. Hmm? So the idea is that we are interested in understanding uh, what happens uh, at the front line of the pandemic. So people uh, with the work practice of uh, uh, health practitioner during the pandemic, and we try to use uh, these methods for understanding. Uh, so, using a theater workshop to try to grasp and to have an idea of what happened uh, to the uh, ER professional during the pandemic. So, we will talk about uh, uh, about this today. Uh, but before to start uh, talking about the the theater workshop itself, Carmen is going to introduce us a little bit the situation. Uh, about that we will talk about. I uh, want to say also that I am professional in theater. I am a playwright and uh, this is why I was involved in this project that now I, I talk about. Uh, we start uh, as a first thing uh, talking about Bergamo. I don't know if you know this city, if you have heard this uh, during the COVID pandemic. I am from Bergamo, this is why we, we are doing this research. And during the, uh, the Bergamo was one of the most uh, hit city by COVID. We lost uh, 6,000 uh, people in just three months uh, from uh, March 2020 to May 2020. So it was really a great tragedy and the institution were not absolutely prepared to face the crisis. So um, you can see there, maybe you, you remember these photos of the trucks that bring out the coffins from the cemeteries because the cemetery of Bergamo was so full of coffins that um, uh, they, they could handle the situation and they had to, to bring this coffin to other cemeteries in other cities. So that was the situation. And at the so Bergamo was the epicenter of the COVID outbreak. And the epicenter of the epicenter was the ER emergency room uh, in the hospital of Bergamo. They, have to, they were at the front line of the crisis. They were to, they lived at the limit of their possibility for a long time, three or four months. And they experimental um, strategies for try to to end the situation. Of course, the the normal practices of the ER uh, uh, emergency world uh, broke down. A new practice where 
emerge during this, cri this crisis. So what we are doing now is try to understand what happened inside uh, uh, the emergency room, uh, try to uh, investigate the, work the changes of the work practices and uh, um, uh, what was the role of affect in this change. So how the atmosphere uh, helps people to, to change what they were uh, their practices and we, we of course we could we, 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 we couldn't be able to be into the emergency room uh, during the crisis so we decided to participate to this theater workshop the theater workshop was organized by these uh, professionals uh, doctors and nurses that they wanted to re-elaborate their trauma through this uh, through this workshop and um, uh, they also wanted to do a show uh, for create a testimony for the for the city, and um, they asked me to write uh, the text of the show. I, I wrote this through the memories. Like I do, I do a kind of dramaturgy. I didn't uh, invented anything. I tried to make sense of what was there, and uh, they wanted to be on on stage. So they we will premiere in March 2020 in Bergamo after three years uh, uh, of the these outbreaks and uh, yes so they want so they wanted to to do this workshop for re-elaborate and the, the trauma and also create a restitution for the cities for the city uh, then so we will do this affective ethnography and then when we will uh, talk about what our data we would like to we, we use we will use also uh, Alice in Wonderland as a metaphor for trying to make sense of what happened inside uh, the, the workshop. So follow us in the rabbit hole. But before it, uh, we have uh, some boring uh, theoretical stuff that Laura explained to you. <laughs> Thank you, Carmen. <laughs> so nice. Um, so we are um, presenting a case of affective ethnography, and uh, we intend affective ethnography as a as a style of research more than a method, in which uh, the uh, researcher has to rely on their capacity to be affect to be affected and affect the the phenomena that wants to interpret, and through this. Uh, and produce the interpretation that may transform the phenomenon itself. And that will be more clear with the, with the data, we hope. Um, but um, we followed Silvia Gerardi's uh, conceptualization of affective ethnography that uh, explain the method or the style um, using uh, three pillars. So in, in talking about three different pillars. The first pillar is its embodiment and embodied knowing. The second is affective placeness. And the third is power of acting. And I'm going to explain a little bit. So in terms of embodied and embodied knowledge, uh, we uh, intend, following Gerardi, we intend that uh, we use uh, our body our, as a uh, resonate materi material as, as a body that can resonate with the uh, environment in which we are uh, in, in our case, the workshop, the theatrical workshop. And uh, we use uh, the, 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 the kind of effect, um, the way in which, uh, this, for example, the situation, the atmosphere of the situation affects us as uh, to collect data about the, the, the phenomena that we want to interpret. So in a way, we are saying that uh, we use uh, 
um, the body for, as a as a as a um, the, the uh, as a tool for for understanding something. Uh, the second one, it's the concept of placeness. And the concept of placeness entails the different, uh, of course, it's a sense of the place. So it has uh, to do with the fact that we have uh, some kind of atmosphere or, feel or, or um, affect in, in a specific place. And in our case, again, it's about the, the, the workshop. Uh, but we also intend as this uh, as the way in which the elements that are in the place, for example, the social material elements, but also the, the potentiality of the people that are inside this um, workshop um, can uh, can um, produce this affection and can be affected by this affected. That means also to, for us to have an idea of the different way in which we can be affected through the fact that we take different positions, for example, in the workshop in this case, is something that we will talk about. Um, and the last pillar, it's about the power of acting. That means that uh, affective ethnography entails the fact that we create and provoke situations in which people, for example, encounter experiments, different way of uh, stay together or have uh, or, or uh, interact. And through this interaction, uh, we can uh, understand something about the phenomenon that we want to study. Um, so, so, um, so that means that uh, uh, using this affective ethnography in a theater workshop uh, means using these uh, pillars, these ideas of being there in that way, to try to uh, make sense and try to understand what is going on in a workshop where people experiment things. Hmm? Uh, so through exercise, improvisation, performances, and all the things that we do in a workshop, uh, we, can we can explore uh, different um, uh, situations, but also different atmosphere, different, after, different flow of after, emotion, and we can resonate with the memories of this professional in, uh, in, the, in, the, uh, in relation to what they lived during the pandemic. Um, that also means uh, uh, that we can experiment uh, this affective intensity by the fact that we are uh, there, and that's uh, the kind of uh, environment may, uh, created by the laboratory. It's a kind, it's really real, relatively protected environment in which they can, the participant can experiment together. Also, they are not in the in, in the public eye; they are private. It's a kind of a private setting, uh, but on the other hand, it's open to memories and uh, to the potential of the imaginaries. And we will see that we uh, we we witness the use of imaginaries, the use of to pro to to make uh, them work with the memories in order to. Uh, um, in order to, for them to work with these memories and uh, have uh, some kind of a collective reflection about their own experience uh, during the pandemic. Um, as we said, we also have, uh, um, we also, they also decided to, to, to make a show based on their experience and they of course hired a professional prayer light and the show is titled Silent Days Leap sleepless nights and will premiere soon in Bergamo. Uh, but the workshop that is the, our field so, uh, be, um, lasted, well, is lasting because it's still ongoing, more than a year. And uh, it was uh, a weekly appointment. It is a weekly appointment. And 
they had this uh, um, evening from 9 p.m. to midnight in which they could work together. And this um, workshop involved uh, around 30 uh, ER professionals from this uh, hospital and uh, was led by a theater director that was, is doing also the, the, the direct the show for, uh, for, the, for, the, for the play. Um, so what we are doing now is uh, um, uh, to uh, explain what we did and we, how we follow this weekly workshop from two different positions, different positions. I was inside the workshop, that means that I decided to participate actively, so act as the others, make uh, part of the groups that were doing improvisation, make the exercise and so on. And Carmen was from outside with the idea of also have the, her professional uh, um, positioning for to create the play, so the, the text for the dramaturgy. And I was inside, I decided to go inside in particular because when I presented the, my, my, the research, um, I felt they were a little bit embarrassed by my presence. And as you know, as an ethnographer, it happens a lot, but in that situation was a very sensi sensitive situation. They were, and I was uh, moved by a joke that I heard uh, from a female doctor that said, uh, oh yes, you will be here as an entomologist, means that you, we are the insects. Mm -hmm. And I decided that that was not exactly what I meant uh, on, on um, doing ethnography there. So I just jumped in and try, uh, start to do things with my body with them and that uh, make me um, have this different position. And for our collaboration, for our uh, collaborative ethnography, that meant that we had this two-way. Uh, um, something practical, so being involved, and that means that I, I w it was impossible for me to take notes, of course, uh, but uh, it was also a late uh, <laughs> Uh, workshop, so we decided to record some audio notes after the, um, the, the each, uh, each um, appointment. And um, uh, that we did that mm, uh, with the time that we had for going home, basically, and uh, we used this and we used this as a, as a field note, as, a, as a, um, something that we will present to you now. Uh, after this uh, uh, introduction. So we are now presenting this uh, field work. In particular, we are only used the, f the notes that we recorded one night, one in one appointment. Uh, that was the third workshop appointment in February 2022. Um, yes, because we did this work uh, for each evening that we, we were there, but now we just present it just a little part of the research and um, so in this so we now we enter in what we did in this theater workshop and i refer into our notes that the first exercise that sylvia asked to do to the participant was to walk into the space and so this is a very typical theatrical starting <laughs> exercise walk into the space and uh, try to um, find, looking for someone that uh, they, they can find. So people have to transmit this intention of looking for someone and don't find them. And so they started to move and they create this atmosphere that was very full of anxiety and full of distress and uh, 
um, and this creates this kind of strong, very negative intensity. And uh, Laura participated to that. I, I looked at, at it from outside, and this situation reminded me something that was related to COVID pandemic in general, no? This kind of sense also of uncanny. I, I think to find someone that I recognize, but I don't recognize it anymore. So this exercise creates a kind of a, uh, warming up uh, emotionally, it warm up emotionally the, the participant. And so the, with this, this emotion, we enter in the very first ex second exercise. Uh, as a second exercise, Sylvia asked the participant to walk and move in the space in a sacred way. So in a very ask the, do the participant to move with their body in a very sacred, sacred, very holy, ritual, hierarchical way. So move with this energy into the space. And this energy creates this kind of other kind of intensity and atmosphere. And Sylvia asks, okay, with this energy now, try to improvise about your everyday practice, work practice during the pandemic. So Sylvia divided the group, the big group in, in different groups and say, okay, now improvise about your, your, your practice, work practice in the pandemic using, but using this energy. And so they started to do different improvisation. Laura decided to participate, of course, but she felt a bit uncomfortable. In fact, we read in this excerpt, Laura. So when uh, Sylvia asked us to stage some hospital work gesture, I felt uncomfortable. Uh, for me, it was strange because I didn't know their work practice. And in my group, there was a bit of a difficulty in not knowing how to manage my presence there because I was external. I felt like a stranger as an intruder, more than the usual way, if you want to see to say. Um, but she decided to stay in and she participated to this improvisation in with nurses um, uh, um, performed the welcoming of a new patient of COVID. And um, in this uh, welcoming a patient, Laura, uh, in this performing this practice, Laura uh, report the interesting, very interesting comment of a nurse that says that they did this welcoming practice so much, so many times, that in the end, this kind of thing became a kind of a dance, you know, like a choreography. And Laura says, So at some point, the COVID had become so routine that, it was the, that there, was a reason, there was a reasonable, clear, and definite sequence of welcoming the COVID patient, just as a choreography. We took the patient, we measured their parameters, we put them under the helmets. Then we made them go here or there according to a series of parameters of them. And Laura reported this with a sing-song tone and say that we do this, then this, then this, then this, and then two different uh, positions. So two different uh, things for, for different patients. And uh, what happened to Laura is that uh, doing this practice with this, Laura really embodied this practice and started to appreciate how uh, nurses were able to 
to do their movement with their quality of caring. And, uh, um, and she said... Uh, what moved me a lot in my group and in the following scene was the representation of care that I could see. Their attention to patients, their needs. And I, I, I watched the, the scene from outside and I, I was amazed too by their quality. But I think like, like a, a director and I say how strong they are on the scene, how true they are. And, uh, so sure. The, sure, sure, they, they, okay. Sure, this woman had the quality of presence that amazed me, but maybe because I knew it was representational. It had a different strength of truth. And uh, yes, now we are, we are going. Then there, is an, there was another um, improvisation in which a nurse um, mimicked the troubled breathing of a COVID patient like this. <sighs> <sighs> <laughs> and so the the profession the the, the the doctor and the nurses when saw this they started to talk about what was what happened them and comment this this breathing and they say that one doctor says that it was the breathing like um, a thirsty painted dog was like that and another says that uh, um, you have to imagine that this kind of briefing was not just for one person, but a uh, hundred of person in the year. And so uh, the, I can say that the, 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 the noise was unbearable, basically. Also because there were some machines, no? Yeah. That uh, the oxygen helmets doing the, the, the other noises. So it was like uh, an horrific concert be there for the entire shift for them, so it was quite heavy. And the last thing, the last improvisation that uh, it me a lot was this uh, head of physician that at a certain point started to mimicking the practice of preparing every day for going into the shift, 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 work shift. So he started to mimicking the way in which they put their gloves their helmet, the suites, all the equipment. And he, he did this like a dance. And it was very magnetic and it was very, he really transmit this practice of doing, 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 protect themselves every day for going in the world. And we, we found this improvisation so interesting that the, the director decided to do a choir and make all these professionals doing this with the um, Adagio di Albinoni, this music that was very sad. And with this, and they, they really seems like Salvation Army. So something like with the, the, the image was, was very strong. And uh, we maybe don't read this because we yeah. are. And Laura participates to, to this, and maybe we can read this last uh, uh, excerpt of Laura. From inside, in this scene, I was very concentrated because, of course, uh, while everyone else knew the gesture, I didn't know them. But he um, had this precision, this head of the ER department, and this rhythm, which helped me and inspired me a lot. I started to follow him, and slowly he got me in a dance. I felt like a samurai, absorbed in a flow. Okay, 
so that was basically our accounts, our thing from the from the field work that we want to uh, discuss here uh, with you, and we will discuss that using the ma the, the metaphor or using the tools from from uh, Alice in Wonderland, and uh, because we think that uh, affective ethnography has been quite like the 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 um, tool that we use for entering the wonderland of the ER uh, staff theater workshop. Um, what we did, what we learned about wonderland through the affective ethnography. So for, um, first of all, we observed several different practices uh, performed by the ER professional that uh, uh, has been proposed as improvisation. Hmm? So different things that were there. But of course, we also uh, participating there, we also felt the kind of atmosphere that was uh, created by the exercise, for example, the emotionally warming uh, exercise used for, for, let's put some uh, anxiety ingredients in this uh, uh, memory about the war practice. Um, but we also noticed how the sacredness used by another exercise provides some kind of aesthetic framework for uh, enact reenact this practice in some kind of uh, great intensity um, that help, has, help them to make this uh, connection, to make this uh, uh, relationship with something that they lived during the pandemic. Um, but we also saw how the, uh, what was represented on stage by the improvisation uh, was uh, um, triggered the memory of the ER Mm -hmm. uh, stuff and uh, uh, those mem that and create some kind of embodied sense of community in the laboratory that resonate with the kind of feeling that they had during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. They were, for example, we did of course also some interviews. We made some interviews, and so we we have an idea. We had an idea already that they were particularly uh, um, um, they felt particularly close to each other in that period. And that's something that we could sense by being there and see this. So, of course, we as a researcher were uh, some kind of uh, mm, bodies that could uh, resonate with them, could vibrate with them uh, in, this, uh, in this work. But using the pillars that I presented before, we can also say that affective uh, uh, um, ethnography gives us as access to embodied knowledge, and we are talking about the immersive experience where our body uh, were used as a, re a resonant body, we can could say as a thermometer um, that help us to access to give access to the flow of affect. For example, Alice becomes small or big according to the situation, but never fit <laughs> perfectly in the situation. And that's something that uh, was quite uh, similar to my experience there. Mm. Uh, so I, don't, I, I didn't fit in the exercise. I felt inaugurated intruder. And I felt, uh, reflecting on that, I think I felt embarrassed by participating in this intimal communality of the group, because that was what was created at the moment in this, through this exercise. So it was not just not knowing the practice itself, but a little bit more complex um, situation. Uh, but uh, uh, affective ethnography allows our body to be immersed in this collective community that resonate together. So uh, Alice entered the door 
not because of, of the right key, but because she started to cry. So it's the emotions that help her to overcome the, 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 or solve the situation, let's say, or enter in the wonderland. Uh, but, and also we said that uh, I uh, finally, eventually enter into emotional communality with them, but not with the, my, my brain, not thinking about the things, but just try follow. Uh, the 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 group in their dance and and enter in this kind of uh, uh, of the uh, atmosphere or this communality that uh, was created in this exercise together. Um, we also have to talk about uh, the fact that affective ethnography gives us access to the aesthetic quality of the practice. If you remember, now as Alice admired the beauty of Wonderland. Uh, I was able to note the aesthetic quality of caring because I was there, in, not was there observing, but I was trying to, to, to see and to uh, understand how they were acting. And through this uh, being there and trying to, to do the same, I could access to particular, uh, a particular way of moving and doing things that was related to a, a, some kind of uh, yeah, quality of caring, I would define. Uh, and finally, it provides us the imaginative and linguistic resources to describe a fact in being in contact with the imaginaries. So, for example, as Alice find the word for describe Wonderland, uh, we had the access of these images and metaphors and uh, language and uh, ideas uh, um, that give us an idea of the situation and the atmosphere during the pandemic. Or horrific concert made by several thirsty panting dogs, for example. Then the second pillar is about placeness, the sense of place. You know, the sense of place is re really related in affective ethnography in the um, sociomateriality of the place in which we are, and we didn't took this into consideration, uh, actually, in our now, right now, in our in our account, but we, we, we did a reflection on our positioning as a researcher in this uh, in, 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 in this workshop research. So, uh, as we can see, we, we use these three, three kind of metaphors for see how the researcher can be in this uh, workshop. Can be like Alice, so like Laura, that goes into the flows and uh, uh, is affected and vibrate with the other body. Can be like Sylvia, so the director that uh, provokes situation, create encounters, uh, try wants to cut the head of the actors because she wants she wants the blood, you know, she wants the emotion, or, or it can be like me, like uh, like Lewis Carroll that look at all this oddness and try to create something that is meaningful. So the the this also represent. When we, we do ethnography as a researcher, we are. We can be all these three figures together. So we can be here like this. We I can provoke. And I have, when I go home, I have to, to write an account. So make sense of what, what, what I've written. And so this is what uh, I, I already said. And then we arrive at the last point that entails so also this third pillar, so the power of acting that we saw in the Red Queen, 
Yes, in particular in the Red Queen, so the idea of create the situation, no? make people interact in a specific way with com suggesting something, giving them uh, exercise and so on, and in so doing create the, the, uh, the kind of encounters that can provoke, provoke uh, different uh, uh, atmosphere or can create a different and atmosphere. What is interesting to say is that, that this encounter that I provoke create the data, provoke the data, yes. uh, produce the data. Produce the data. So yes. we collected, we try to, let's say, to use our own involvement there to understand, uh, to make sense of what was there and create our own account of the data, of course. Uh, conclusion. Conclusion. <laughs> yes, then of course we want to have time for discuss. Um, what we, so as, as we said, we want to use the workshop to understand uh, the, the work practice and how the work practice has changed, but also the kind of uh, uh, affection that resonates uh, in the workshop re in relation to this uh, work practice uh, that they lived during the pandemic. Um, and the affective novel gave us access to the flow of affect and made us resonate with the collective. So we can talk about some kind of embodied togetherness that we felt that we lived. Um, but in doing so, we notice, and of course, we are talking about something uh, that is a, a little bit more than the thing that we discussed with the data in one day, but uh, with the entire things that, as, I, as we said, is still ongoing. But we could notice how the virus changed the rhythm of the work practice. So, and we had these images of ambulances uh, queuing to deliver day and night patient and then not having even the space for doing that. So that's the kind of rhythm that we can imagine, uh, that we can see from. Uh, and also the turnover of the patient was higher than the normal. That means that uh, they were uh, under this pressure from this uh, uh, enormous amount of patient and uh, enormous extraordinary rate of death. That means that also uh, the kind of interaction that they had with the patient was always a little bit uh, a, a, a very stressful for because they didn't know if uh, it was the uh, the last uh, kind of interaction or if uh, at the end of the shift the, the day after they would find again the patient because that was continuously happen happening that people died all the time. Um, that's. This kind of approach allows us also to have an experience of the body, have an idea of the body, the experience of being a patient during the pandemic, in the in the ER ward in Bergamo. That means uh, uh, having an idea of these suffering bodies that have trouble breathing, as we said before, but also, for example, these uh, uh, Im images of pe people peel peeled up, and these bodies frightened and with this uh, feeling of. Uh, uh, let's say, feel the, the life slipping in their, in their hands. So this kind of images that help us to understand that situation. So we, understand, we understood that ER staff was exhausted. We, did, we already knew that, but we had an idea and uh, could enter a little bit in the static dimension of this uh, exhausting, frightening, uh, and uh, other kind of uh, um, affection. Uh, we could see that they were particularly flattened, not just for their health, but to be source of infection for their relatives, for example. So we had stories about uh, being separated in, in the house for not 
infect other people and so on. Uh, but also we could uh, have an access to the sense of commonality, this affective embodied togetherness that we could access in the laboratory through this uh, uh, work. Um, thank you. That was more or less what we were prepared to explain, but we hope to be able to, to, to have something from the discussion for go deeper in the thing that we presented. Thanks. Thank you very much.